be seated. So this morning, in addition to the uh, passage from James that Christy just read, we're going to look a little bit in the Old Testament once again in the book of Numbers. If you have a Bible, you can turn it to Numbers chapter 11. And I will read beginning at verse 1 through 15, and then I will skip a little bit to verse 31 to 34. Hear this word from the book of Numbers. Now when the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes, the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled. Then the fire of the Lord burned against them and consumed some outlying parts of the camp. But the people cried out to Moses, and Moses prayed to the Lord, and the fire abated. So that place was called Tabera, because the fire of the Lord burned against them. The rabble among them had a strong craving, and the Israelites also wept again and said, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we used to eat in Egypt for nothing the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up, and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. Now the manna was like coriander seed, and its color was like the color of gum rosin. The people went around and gathered it, ground it in mills or beat it in mortars, then boiled it in pots and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was like the taste of cakes baked with oil. When the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna would fall with it. Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, all at the entrances of their tents. Then the Lord became very angry, and Moses was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, Why have you treated your servants so badly? Why have I not found favor in your sight, that you lay the burden of all this people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give birth to them that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a sucking child to the land that you promised an oath to their ancestors? Where am I to get meat to give to all this people? For they come weeping to me and say, give us meat to eat. I am not able to carry all this people alone for they are too heavy for me. If this is the way you are going to treat me, put me to death at once. If I have found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my misery. Then a wind went out from the Lord, and it brought quails from the sea, and let them fall beside the camp, about a day's journey on this side and a day's journey on the other side, all around the camp, about two cubits deep on the ground. So the people worked all that day and night and all the next day gathering the quails. The least anyone gathered was ten homers, and they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. But while the meat was still between their teeth, before it was consumed, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord struck the people with a very great plague. So that place was called Kibroth Hatava, because there were buried the people who had the craving. The Word of God for the people of God. 
So the Israelites had been fed by the heavenly manna consistently for about a year now. When they were hungry in the wilderness, God sent the manna to provide for them, and when it came, they rejoiced. The manna was filling, and it tasted good and nourished them in a wilderness where there was not much sustenance to be had. But after a while, they forgot their hunger. They forgot the mercy of their God in delivering them from the bondage of slavery. Now all they wanted was not to have to eat manna anymore. They grumbled about it, silently at first. They didn't want Moses to hear them complaining at first, so they complained amongst themselves on the outskirts of their encampment. But Moses heard, and God heard. Even before they let the complaint slide off of the tip of their tongue, God heard the belly aching of their ungrateful hearts. God was angry. He was angry at the complainers who spoke evil things about him, about Moses, about one another. And so God poured out His wrath on the outskirts of the camp, burning it up with fire from heaven. But He limited His anger so that most of the Israelites in the center of the camp would realize, hopefully, their sinful complaining and repent. My question this morning is, have you ever looked a gift horse in the mouth? Have you ever been given something you truly needed, and then after a while, when your need subsided, complained about the very gift that brought you relief when you needed it most? I think we've all been there at one time or another. I remember a few years ago, when Hurricanes Katrina and Rita devastated parts of the Gulf Coast. And I happened to be on staff at Star of Hope Mission at the time in Houston. And the great exodus from New Orleans and the rest of Louisiana along the coast landed in large part right on the Houston doorstep. And when the refugees began to pour into the city, we mobilized a great force to provide relief, food, shelter, clothing for thousands of displaced people. And I remember one day in particular, we had set up stations outside the men's shelter where the people could file by and they could pick up water and food, clothing, shoes. And there was plenty for everyone. We had collected five warehouses full of donations. And these weren't small warehouses. Donations from all over the country. Trailer after trailer. 18-wheeler load of supplies. All provided by God moving in the hearts of people. To give these refugees in their wilderness experience the provision that they needed. And that particular day, I was handing out shoes at a station. 
And three women came through with their small children. They didn't have shoes on their feet. None of the kids had shoes. And they rummaged through the shoes, all the, the new shoes that had been donated. And I could hear them grumbling amongst themselves. So I thought they must be having trouble finding the right sizes for the kids. So I asked them, what sizes do the kids wear? I'll see if I can help you find some shoes to fit. And one of the women that was there tossed the pair of new shoes back into the pile and stated loudly enough for all around to hear, where are the Nikes? See, my children don't wear anything but Nikes. So I, I told them that the shoes had been donated and it didn't look like there were any Nikes in this particular pile. So grumbling once again, they left the station with no shoes on their children's feet. How quickly we forget what we have been given sometimes. In the midst of our wilderness experience, how quickly we forget where our provision comes from. How quickly we forget the goodwill and sacrifice of others moved by God to give. Out of goodness and mercy and compassion. So back in the wilderness of the Israelites, it seems that they learned little from the fire that consumed those on the outskirts of the camp. And so they complained louder, and this time directly to Moses. We have a craving. Give us meat, they cry. We're tired of manna. When we were in Egypt, we had fish and cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and garlics and all this good stuff. Never mind that they also had bondage and slavery and abuse and oppression. But now all we have is manna. We have a craving. Give us meat. Now Moses, overwhelmed and not to be outdone, does some expert level complaining of his own here. Directly to God. What did I do to deserve this, God? Why are you treating me this way? Why are these people my responsibility? Am I their mother? Where am I supposed to get meat for all these people? There are just too many of them. I can't carry this responsibility. It's too heavy for me. If this is the way you're going to treat me, then kill me now. Somebody shoot me. That's what he said. Have you ever been there? Has the pressure of work or school or marriage or finances or just life in general, has it ever taken you to the point of exasperation? Has it ever taken you to the point of crying out, what did I do to deserve this? Why me, God? Have you ever been so consumed by your circumstances that you have completely lost touch with the part of you that should remember 
the God who brought you this far in the first place. See, in our circumstances, we forget sometimes from where we came and from where our provision comes. We let our circumstances overcome us instead of looking to the one who is big enough to overcome our circumstances. We surrender in defeat to our problems instead of surrendering in victory to our Savior. So God responds to Moses and all the complaining. He sends a mighty wind, and with the wind He sends quail, not just a covey or two, quail hunters, but thousands upon thousands of quail, so that they cover the camp and the acreage around it two cubits deep. That's about three feet. They were knee-deep in quail. In fact, they were more than knee-deep in quail. More quail than they knew what to do with. So the Israelites set about gathering them and dressing them and setting them to dry in the sun. They have meat for months. And while they were doing that, they began to eat the quail. And as soon as they had begun to eat, they were stricken down by a plague, a sickness. And many of those who had the craving for meat died. Now what can we learn from their experience? So I think this passage of Scripture says a lot about the sinful nature of fallen man. And I think it speaks volumes about the pervasiveness of that sinful nature that encroaches on the hearts and minds of even those who know God. Now as believers, we aren't exempt from the influence of the world, but our protection from the influence of the world comes from our relationship with Christ and our willingness to allow the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives. See, we see in this passage a God who is loving and giving, providing everything we need, but not necessarily everything we desire. We see in this story a God who hears even the things we don't speak out loud because He knows our hearts. He knows our minds. And we see a God who responds, but hear this, a God who responds differently to our complaints than He does to our prayers. A God who in His perfect Holiness and righteousness and justice responds with grace and mercy to those who believe on Him, love Him, trust Him, and responds with wrath and swift and perfect justice to those who speak evil of Him, who harbor malice in their hearts for Him or for His people. See, here's the thing. God provides. God loves. Indeed, He is love. God gave manna 
to his people in the wilderness and they were grateful at first. But then they rejected it, desiring something more. They had a craving. And the craving led to their demise. God then gave His only Son to His people. A people lost in the wilderness of sin. And they were grateful at first, thinking Him to be an earthly king to lead them out of bondage. But then they quickly rejected Him, desiring something more. They had a craving. And that craving led to their demise. Today, God gives us His Word and His Holy Spirit. And many are grateful. But many more have rejected it, wanting something more. Those living in and for the world have a craving. They crave instant gratification, instant satisfaction. They crave the things of the world. They crave the so-called right to do their own thing, to go their own way, to indulge in the things of the world. They have a craving. And that craving will be their demise. Because the only thing that satisfies, the only thing that fulfills, the only thing that endures, sustains, feeds the body and the soul is Jesus Christ. It's in Him that we live and we move and we have our being. Don't be one who is lost to the craving. Be one who enjoys life and life abundantly through Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.